Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives podcast. I am your host, Amy Diane Ross, wife, mother, Bible teacher, who's passionate to disciple women through life using the Word of God. On this podcast, we will use the Bible to discuss topics that we all face from emotional and mental struggles, married life, single life, physical health, and everything in between. If you are ready to live in victory in every area of your life while learning the Word of God, I'm here to help. The Bible really does have all the answers for life's crazy roller coaster ride, and I'm excited that you have chose me to ride along with you. I want to read this five-star review. This comes from Amanda. She says, sound biblical teacher. If you are looking for true biblical guidance, a teacher who goes line by line, teaches sound doctrine and glorifies God, this is the podcast for you. Well, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate your time to give us a five-star review and such beautiful words. We really do care about the Word of God and others um, in this podcast. And so if you would be so kind as to go and leave us a five-star review, I just might read it online. I am super excited to introduce to you this next episode. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. I'm so excited to spend this time with you. I actually had somebody ask a question that I'm going to answer on this podcast. They asked, is there a wrong way to pray or how do I know that I'm praying correctly? And I thought that's a really good question. Um, We can actually find our answer in Matthew 6, 5 through 14. Jesus answered this. So we're going to read that. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, and they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, Deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father also forgive you. And I just think that's so beautiful. Here's Jesus. He answered it perfectly that this is how we are to pray and not to pray. Clearly, we are not to be like the hypocrites where we just want to be seen, we just want to be heard. So um, we're just out there praying and and speaking and just putting things out there. That's dishonoring to the Lord. He knows our heart. You know, we think of scriptures like um, they worship me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. Um, We pray simply because we have a need. We only pray because we, because we want something that's uh, never a good heart to have. Um, You know, 
he's saying, you know, it is about our heart when we're, when we're praying and talking to the Lord. Um, and also I think of like Hebrews eleven six. it says, and without faith, is it impossible to please him forever who would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. And then James 4, 3 says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So we do need to do a heart check. You know, why are we praying? Why are we communicating with God? What is it we're asking for? You know, um, and then, you know, Jesus really brings it down and just really simplifies it with kind of the model prayer that he gives us. Um, and gives his disciples, you know, to pray. And so I'm just going to talk about, let's just break down these portions and I will go over like four points of how to really pray. And it's not that it's um religious thing or that you have to pray this way all the time. Cause we're going to, I'm going to talk about that, that, um, you know, it's truly the Paul says, you know, pray without ceasing. And that really is just this ever presence that like God is with us at all times and that he is walking out with us life through the Holy Spirit of God. And so I know for myself, you know, he is always on my mind or always um, not far from my thoughts. So I can be doing the dishes and I'll start thanking him for the the fact that my dishwasher runs and I have a dishwasher because it makes my life easier. I'll be, you know, um, I'll go outside and I'll see how beautiful the sky looks and it's so blue and, and the way the clouds are laid out. And I'll just start thanking him and, and just praising him and saying, wow, father, you are so amazing the way that you created all things and how beautiful, um, the sky is or how beautiful that bird is, or, you know, it's just that ever present, just always thinking of him and keeping him just on my, my mind, my heart all the time. Um, I can be, you know, vacuuming or just doing something. And all of a sudden someone's just kind of pressed upon my heart. I start thinking about somebody, maybe their face kind of just flashes before my mind or whatever. And I just, to me, that's like an impression, like, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting me to pray for them or whatever. So I'll just start praying for people and I'll start, you know, uh, lifting them up to the father, lifting up their families and their lives or, or whatever. And so there's just that, you know, pray without ceasing where there's that constant communication, but then, you know, Jesus talks about going into the prayer closet, going into the secret place and really having that intentional time with the father in prayer. And that's important too, um, that there's, you know, just this intentional time, um, that you're just, you've set aside, you know, as I talk about on this podcast, you know, maybe getting up 15 minutes earlier, just, um, just to give the Lord the first fruit, the first portion of your day, um, without distractions. And so that's, you know, really important. I want to kind of talk about that just a little bit about, you know, because the question is, is there, is there a wrong way to pray? And I think we can get caught up in a lot of like new age type practices. It's kind of like what, um, you know, Jesus was saying here, like, don't be like the Gentiles where you use many words or repetitions. 
And so we got to be really careful with a lot of the new age philosophies have really filtered into the church nowadays. And so, you know, we think that sometimes, well, if I just get alone and I get really quiet and then I just quiet my mind and then I just start repeating, you know, certain phrases over again, or I just, um, kind of start, you know, know, light a candle and I do all these things, somehow God's going to hear our prayers more, or somehow he's going to be more connected to us. And I just want to encourage you to understand that that's what Jesus is talking about here. Like we don't need to do those things. Like we don't have to light candles, have the right ambiance, um, get into this, this supernatural state of being, um, quiet our mind into almost like a meditation type. And though you may physiologically feel better or have this like feeling of something better or greater, God responds to the heart. God responds to um, us just recognizing who he is. And we're going to talk about that and praying just by communicating with him. Okay. We're not going to have like this greater intimacy with God because we did all these right things. That's what pagans do because they don't, the God that they're worshiping or the supernatural spiritual connection they're trying to have with the universe or with their Christ consciousness or with their, um, you know, spirit man or whatever they're, whatever they're doing, you know, or if it's the God of, you know, rain and the God of money and the God of whatever, see those gods don't exist. Those gods don't have ears to hear and eyes to see. The Bible talks about in the old Testament about, you know, God is alive. He's not made with a carved image. He's not an figment of somebody's imagination. He's, he is a real being. He is God almighty, eternal transcendent God who sees everything, who hears everything, who knows everything, who is eternal outside of time. And so the reason why a lot of these new age practices have to like, to be able to get into some spiritual state of consciousness to get this deeper peace or whatever it is they're looking for, um, though it may kind of work for them, they're not talking to the God of the universe. They're not talking to a true God. And so they have to do some of these practices in order to feel something. And we are a physical being and we can feel things. We know that music can move us um, in different ways that we, there is a science behind those things. And so you don't have to do that with God. He's not going to be moved by your candles. He's not going to be moved by the perfect ambiance. He's not going to be moved by you sitting still for so much time in a day and just, you know, quieting your mind completely down to nothing. And then don't think, and then just see what comes into you. Like that's all new age philosophy. You know, we are intellectual beings who have real knowledge of God and an understanding of who he is. And, and we pray his word and we pray, um, his will. Um, and so we don't see those kind of practices, even in the old Testament, like that's, that kind of stuff is really foreign to our, our prayer, our prayer life, our prayer life. And that's what Jesus said. He didn't tell us to like, just like dumb down your mind, quiet everything, 
you know, and now though that's I'm not saying to be being quiet and being in a place, you know, I, I agree with quietness and and just being still before the Lord. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when we try to bring in these other practices in order to have this experience with God, and we think that we're going to have a greater experience or greater intimacy because we've done A, B, and C, and a lot of that stuff is patterned after new age philosophy. And so just be careful with those kind of things. Um, so let's just look at what Jesus says. What's the first thing he says? Our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So what is the first thing that Jesus is saying to do? What are God? When we come before the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the, the one that holds me in the palm of his hand, it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. There is an honor and a reverential fear that we are entering into the presence of God Almighty, that we are coming in to his throne room through Christ Jesus to make our requests known, to pray and talk to him. Now, see, I think we've been taught in this modern age of Christianity that to honor God is almost like, well, then we can't have intimacy with him. And the reason why I say that is because I see all these people that are like changing the word father to like Papa or daddy. And, and yes, Paul talks about, you know, in Romans that we can, we have this intimate relationship with God who is our dad, if you will. And um, it is this beautiful, intimate relationship. We don't have to dishonor God or not walk in reverence before him and somehow think that that we're not as intimate. Like we're somehow more intimate with God. If we use terms like Papa, my Papa, my daddy, I would be careful with that because yes, he is my father. Yes. I have this beautiful, intimate relationship with him. He loves me to pieces. I am his daughter, but he is still the great I am. God Almighty, who sits on the throne, who judges the nations, who made all things, he is God. And so what Jesus is saying here, recognize that God, Father, I honor you. You are, you are an awesome, wondrous God who created the heavens. When you read the Psalms, which many of those, they're the Psalms, that they're prayers to God. You don't, you see the reverence. You see the, the reverence, the, the, the David and, and the other writers where they, God almighty, who, who made the heavens and the earth, whose hand is stretched out, who's, who's mighty to judge the nations, who, who, you know, loves the soul, the, the saints of God. But like, they, it's like, they, they really pray into his attributes, he is the God of wrath, but he is the God of love. He is the God of justice, but he is the God of mercy. And you see that honoring him. And I would like to see us get back to that honoring of the Lord. Because we live in such a rebellious second Timothy chapter three type end days now, we don't respect or honor the president of the United States anymore. And I'm not talking about politics, guys. 
God puts the governments in place and we are to honor them and respect and have honor. I don't have to agree with you, but I do need to have respect and honor. We don't do that anymore. We don't honor the elders of the faith. We don't honor that God has put certain people in place to help guard our souls, to help speak into our lives, to oversee and, 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 and walk out life with you, to help you be a better husband or a better wife or a better mom, or, you know, to um, mature you to in your Christian walk. We don't honor elders anymore. We don't, I mean, submissions all but wanting to be taken out of our vocabulary as Christians, because it has such a negative um, condemnation, condemnation to it. Um, that is sad, but it's, but it's also what's happening in our prayer life because we're being taught to almost dishonor God with this. Well, we need to get more intimate with him. We need to, you know, crawl up on his lap and say, Papa, right. We need to, we need to, um, you know, have this, you know, this experience, this feeling, and we're forgetting about the fact that we're not hollowing his name. We're not honoring who he is. And so I would encourage us as we come into prayer that we just recognize, God, you are so amazing. You are so holy. You are majestic in all your ways. You hold everything in the palm of your hands. You are the great sustainer of life. And you have put breath in my lungs for another day so that I can praise you and worship you and serve you. And I just want to give you honor and thanks. And so I would start your prayer out with that, honoring him, you know, and, and, saying the things that the word says about him, go through the Psalms and really write down some of these attributes and, and these things, who God is. And then he goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guys, it's not our will be done. It's his will be done. Jesus submitted his will to the father. We must submit our will, our desires to him as well. Say, Lord, I only want to do what you would have me to do. I, the prayer that I'm about to bring forth to you, that the communication that I'm about to have with you, let it be your will be done though. Because I know that your will is so much better than mine. Your plans and purposes for my life are so much better than the plans and purposes that I have, that I could even dream of. And whatever that looks like. And we've talked about before that that could even look like when we talked about in Romans about how Paul couldn't wait to get to Rome and he was so excited and he thought he was going to get there one way and he ends up getting there shipwrecked, naked, starving for 14 days and in as a prisoner. But you know, that way was so much better. And so sometimes it's your will be done, Lord, trials and tribulations, whatever it takes, God, for you to get accomplished in my life, what needs to be accomplished. And even if that means the shipwreck and being imprisoned and naked and fasted and beaten and whipped or, you know, whatever, your will be done here on this earth because it's already been determined in heaven. 
Our steps are already ordained. He is the lamp upon our feet. He's already numbered our days. And so we want to walk in his will. So we're, again, we're acknowledging and honoring God for who he is. He's on the throne, not us. We are his servants. He is our Lord, our master. He is our father. We are his children. So there is an obedience. There is a submissiveness. There is a respect and an honor that we are to give him. It says, give us our day, this day, our daily bread and forgive us our debts. So give us this day, our daily bread. What is, what did Jesus say here? You don't have to use a bunch of empty phrases like the Gentiles do. You don't have to beg and plead and, 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 and light candles and do all these things so that you can get the heart of God. He already had you. He loves you. He knows your needs. He knows what you're going through. That doesn't mean we don't ask. That doesn't mean we don't seek. Right. But we understand that we don't have to like jump up and down 10 times or repeat 16 different phrases or have the right ambiance or, you know, beat our bodies, you know, asceticism, which was very pop can be very popular. Um, especially back, you know, in the ancient days, like in the early church days where they would just like, you know, certain monks and stuff, they would just like, you know, beat themselves and like starve themselves and take all these vows thinking that that somehow was going to bring them closer to God. And, and we don't have to do that. God knows your need. He loves you with an eternal love. You are in the palm of his hand. And so just make your requests known. Just make your petitions known. He already knows. And so we pray out of obedience. We just, we pray out of communication and obedience and um, having that intimate communication with him. So, you know, recognize that he is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Now, when we say God provides, I don't want to go out of context. I'm not going to get into a whole teaching here, but he's, it, that was used as in he provided the ram for Abraham when he was going to sacrifice Isaac. God provided the the perfect lamb sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ, so that we can go into the throne room of grace day and night, boldly making our petitions known, talking and communion with our father. So let's keep some things in perspective. Jehovah Jireh, our great provider, first and foremost, provided the lamb, provided his only begotten son so that our prayers may be heard because we were brought into this family of God. And so I don't want to get out of balance with that. Also understand that he does provide our food. He says, my children will not beg for bread. They will have clothes on their back. They will have what the, the things that they need. He cares about the sparrow in the sky. How much more does he care about you and me? He loves to give good gifts to his, his children. He loves to shower us. And that doesn't mean with BMWs and big mansions. He loves to, to let us know that he is walking with us, that he is hearing our prayers, that he is a walk, that he is a part of our daily life. And so keep that in mind, you know, like you're not earning God's presence. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all knowing and with us at all times. His very spirit, the Holy Spirit of God lives and dwells inside of us. We are with him at all times and he is with us. He will never leave you or forsake you. 
He's not going anywhere. And you can't manifest, there's a nice new age word for you. You can't manifest his presence on a deeper level or, or some stronger way by doing A, B, and C. He is with you. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in you. His spirit, when you became born again, he came and made a home with you. You are one with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying you can't experience things or just have like just, you know, um, where there's just, you just, you're, you're out somewhere and there's just this feeling that maybe you have or this experience that you have. And that's so beautiful, but we don't want to try to conjure up things and try to conjure up feelings and emotions, it's okay to just be. Just be who you are and just love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And know that he loves you back with everlasting love. No matter what you do, no matter if you even have a really bad day and you've screwed up really bad, there is no condemnation for you. You are loved with an everlasting love. And he is providing for you. And it says here to forgive our debts as we for have forgiven our debtors. So forgive our debts. We confess our sin. Lord, I've had a really bad day. You know, I, I yelled at the dog, kicked the cat, right? You know, I, I got snippy with my husband. I, um, I didn't treat the lady on the phone very well when she called and, you know, couldn't solve my problem, whatever, you know, I'm just throwing things out there. We all have bad days. Maybe you're somebody who had, a, you said a cuss word, you know, like you got upset and you out, out of the heart, the mouth speaks and here comes a cuss word. Um, maybe you looked upon a man or a woman and had a lustful thought. Oh my gosh, Lord, where did that come from? Keep my mind on things which are pure, you know, forgive me. I'm already forgiven. I know it was all nailed at the cross, but I want to confess it. I want to honor the fact that I, um, I want to recognize that it is not me who sins, but it is that sin that still dwells within me. Like Paul says in chapter seven, and that's not who I am anymore, but it still comes out of me. And sometimes I slip and fall and I do things and say things that I just, it's, I don't want to be, I don't want to do. That is part of the sanctification process. And Lord, and so then the next part would be and forgive our debtors because we are so quick to run to God and be like, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. But we are not so quick to forgive other people. We are not so quick to um, really forgive those who trespass against us, right? God forgives us. We're already forgiven. It's all been taken the cross. And boy, do we want mercy and grace right away when we mess up. But then when somebody sins against us or somebody hurts us, we're not so quick to forgive. And that's what he's asking. So Lord, you know, recognize that is there anyone in my life that I need to truly forgive? I need to um, hand them over to you and, 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 and pray, you know, for their salvation or pray for their sanctification, pray for, you know, blessings in their life, whatever it is, help me to forgive them. Help me to forgive those who trespass against me and help me to do it as quickly as you forgive me. Help me to show the same grace and mercy to my enemy, to my, you know, brother or sister, to 
um, maybe it's the government, maybe it's someone who's really done something. I don't know. Forgiveness. We want forgiveness. We must also extend forgiveness. And so we ask the Holy Spirit every day to help us do that, to, um, to put a heart of forgiveness in us for others and then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, you know, to help us when we're tempted. Cause we're going to be tempted by the enemy. He's a, he's a lion just roaring around. Like he's not actually a lion, but you know, he's presented like that's a symbol. Like he's just like, like a roaring lion, you know, Rrr. I'm going to try to get her to stumble today. I got to try to get her to fall today. I got to try to get her to mess up today. I'm going to put this temptation and that temptation in front of her. And uh, it's hard because temptations are everywhere and we do still battle uh, the sin that dwells within us because this tent has not been fully redeemed yet and it has not been glorified. And so we still carry around the body of death, this body of death that wants to be fulfilled, that wants to eat more than it should eat, that wants to drink more than it should drink, wants to, uh, you know, enjoy pleasures and, and have, have our, you know, senses fulfilled and, um, do the things that we, everything in us is like, no, I want to be holy as my God is holy. But then we got this sin that still dwells in us. It's like, oh, but I keep doing this instead and read Romans seven. Cause you really see that plight that, that Paul talks about in this body of death that he still carries around, but praise God, we've been redeemed and we will not always strive with this uh, body. So recognize that we have temptations, recognize that there is evil and that, that we live in a corrupt world. We live all around corruption, which is only getting worse and worse. And we are tempted at all points. I mean, all, all, all around. So help, help us, God, help us, Holy Spirit, to say no, to hold every thought captive right away to, you know, Take every thought captive and 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 um, really renew our mind with the word of God. And um, and that's just, you know, oh, this, it can be so difficult. Um, and again, it just for you to forgive others, their trespasses, which we already talked about. And so it's so beautiful, you guys, to see that um, Jesus gave us the perfect model prayer to follow. And again, we don't want to be repetition about it. Like we don't want to just look at this prayer and then just pray this prayer over and over again. It really is communication and from your heart and every day, you know, it, maybe praying different, pray the Psalms, pray, pray the word of God. Uh, you know, I love reading the word and then and taking it and then just praying it back to the father. And maybe I'll do a, um, a video on that where I kind of show you guys how to do that because it is so beautiful um, to pray back the word of God to him. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and so I really hope that helps you. Um, so, you know, the takeaway wrong way to pray selfishly, 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 uh, using new age practices, um, is a wrong way to pray. God does not want strange fire brought before him. Um, you know, not having faith, not believing what you're praying, not believing in the father that he's going to answer your prayers, that he's listening, you know, so make sure, you know, you have faith. Like I believe my father is hearing me through Jesus Christ and have faith that what you're praying for, that he is going to, um, you know, respond to that. And so, and then honor God first, recognize that he is, uh, already taking care of all your needs. He knows all the needs that you have, and this can be done by his will not necessarily yours, but he is taking care of you. 
confess your sins, thank him for the forgiveness of them, and then quickly um, forgive others and see if there's anything you need to hold on to for forgiveness. And then help us when we are tempted with sin, help us to see a way of escape. And so these are the ways in which you can uh, really just ramp up your prayer life. And remember, you can pray without ceasing. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this. And I just pray you guys have a blessed day. Lord, help us all to learn uh, and to grow in our prayer life and to, to really bring our prayer life into subjection to you and to your word and what you have said about prayer and to honor you, not just with our lips, but with our whole heart in Jesus name. Amen. I pray you enjoyed the teaching today. If God has blessed you in any way, then head over to the review section and leave five stars. I may just share your review right here on this podcast. Also, share this episode with anyone you believe will be blessed by today's teachings. If you want to connect with me and be a part of an amazing sisterhood of believers, then head over to our Facebook group. The link and all other links that I mentioned in this show today are in the show notes below. Just click on them and they'll take you where you want to go. As a reminder, be the church today, wherever God has you, shining the light and the love of Jesus. Y'all mean the world to me. Until next time.